0: An unearthly hello to my fellow horror enthusiasts. Welcome to the Writers of Horror podcast. Today, I am thrilled to have in my clutches the multi-talented Con Lavery. I met Khan way back when I was venturing forth with my first serial killer novel, and from the moment I met him, Khan has been supportive, encouraging, and generous with his feedback. I grabbed a copy of his book, Seed Me About a Killer, read it in a small cabin in the middle of the woods where there was no cell coverage, and I was instantly hooked. So welcome, Con. It's great to have you here today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Julia. I'm glad to be here. Excited to talk horror and uh, yeah, all the creepy stuff. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that we will definitely do. So I'm just going to give you folks a little introduction to Con, and then we'll dig in with the questions. Con is a Canadian author whose writing stems from the haunting and disturbed, frequently within the dark fantasy and horror genres. Each of his stories are housed within the expanding universe known as the macrocosm spanning across time and space. He has been recognized by Edmonton's top five bestseller charts, and by reviewers such as Reader Views, Reader's Favorite, Literary Titan, and by award programs such as Indie Bragg, the Wishing Shelf Book Awards, ELIT Awards, and Dan Pointer's Global Ebook Awards. His work has also been curated into the Edmonton Public Library's Capital Press collection. Khan started writing stories at a young age while being a homeschooled vegetarian, enthralled with storytelling. After graduating college, He began professionally pursuing his writing with his first release, Reality, in 2012, while balancing his graphic design business. Khan's visual communication skills have been transcribed into the formatting and artwork found within his publications, supporting his fascination with transmedia storytelling. So, as you folks can see, this guy is multi-talented we're just going to start with a simple question um it says here so your first release was in 2012 but you started writing at a young age so do you remember writing for the first time and what made you pursue it
1: oh that's a good one yeah I do remember it uh I actually still have the original copies um the first thing that really got me into writing was actually for board games um I was really into making these like strategy games where there's like a grid board and I'd make these little clay figures um that would I'd paint them and they all have rules and the rules would also have uh back character stories so all the little pieces had their own story and there's an overall plot that went into the board game as to why what the whole point of the game was about and I still have that original manual and then from there I got way more interested in storytelling than making games and i tried other mediums too like i think in junior high i messed around with some comics um wasn't quite my forte and then i also high school and college too i played around a lot with animation um back when flash was a thing and i quite like that um something i always did enjoy was the animation but then i really wanted to dive deep into stories and less about other components and mechanics that go into different mediums so I just went straight into writing uh literature
0: wow that's a really interesting start I had no idea I'm glad I asked that question um now being a horror creative obviously in multiple realms writing graphic design and even music what inspires you
1: everything um yeah it's I'll take little bits from everything and anywhere like that original board game that i had made back in when i was in elementary would have been inspired from the strategy game warcraft 2 at the time but then things like seed me that was more inspired by living in edmonton and edmonton's got like a great river valley um pretty creepy at night too um (laughs) because even though it's in the middle of the city um, yeah. When you're in the river valley, there's just no light and it's forest everywhere and you hear critter sounds. And so that was really inspired by just exploring a lot of the river valley. So life, um, other creations, other stories, everything pretty much inspires uh, the writing.
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to jump ahead now because you mentioned Seed Me, and um, I do have, I just, if I can show it, I've got both here. So Seed Me was actually the first book I dug into from Khan, and I mean, it's, to me, it was serial killer meets this, like, supernatural component, and you do describe it in the occult. But then, years later, and we're going to get into this too, Uh, we had this reinvention called Cultivate and of course I had to have both and I do have both and I've crushed both and I just absolutely love them so you've just alluded to what did actually inspire Seed Me was you said walking around in Edmonton at night and I know I've been in Edmonton there is a walkway all along this long river sort of in the heart of the city Um, so maybe describe that a little more like some of your experiences and what feeded this idea for Seed Me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The river valley is cool in the sense that there's the main walk paths um, that are kind of dirt paths. There's also concrete paths. And then there's also real off the trail paths that people make um, on their own. And you can pretty much get from like, but you can follow the river from the north side of the city all the way to the south. I haven't done that because that would take like a whole day, but around the core of the city where the downtown is split up, um, it's super dense and rich because that's, where Edmonton and a community called Strathcona used to be two separate cities before um, they merged into one giant super city. And that would have been way back when the settlers were first coming to Alberta. And then because they kept growing, Strathcona just got absorbed into Edmonton. So because there's so much of that rich history there, I've found strange stuff like uh, an old rusty tractor one point in time that would have been had to have been like over a hundred years old, just based on um, the types of metals. And a real, one of my favorite things that did inspire the ending of Seed Me was um, exploring near the university. They actually had this entire fenced off area that was designed to show how, it was an experiment by the university to show how life would flourish in the river without human intervention. Ah, uh, so it's supposed to be fenced off, but uh, mm-hmm. we, um, at the time I was dating a girl. Her and I had gone into, um, that area because there's some clipped fence. So we we're just like, right. went inside, and we weren't obviously the first because uh, there used to be wooden steps and trails and stuff, but it's all covered in graffiti and there's beer cans everywhere. And, but you could explore these kind of battered up and destroyed wooden paths um that have like moss growing over them and trees that have collapsed on top and that whole section ended up being a huge inspiration for the ending of Seed Me where the characters actually go into that um sectioned off area and and yeah it's it's a it's a great little uh spot of Edmonton is that river valley and um you'll always just find new things there.
0: Yeah, that's wild. Actually, I'm glad I learned that because having read that book a couple times. um, Yeah, I encourage our, our listeners to get into that. Um, And how cool is that? Like, I know I do a lot of hiking and uh, outdoor stuff. And I love the woods. But like, there's so many things about being out in the in even if you're in a city, but you're in one of those sort of wooded areas where you feel like you're not in the city, and especially at night. I mean, there's so many interesting things that go through your mind, and that's that's brilliant. Now that I know that, um, I want to ask about cultivate though. I I love the original. I love cultivate. I love that you followed your heart and revamped, remade, however you're wording it. Tell us a little bit about that process and what inspired you to do cultivate and what it was like to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, um, you know, as, as writers, we're always growing and getting better, and um, it's the curse of any creative. You tend to sometimes look down at some of your past work, and it was during the heat of the pandemic, I actually started to learn to read and narrate audiobooks, um, so I was in the process of converting Seed Me into an audiobook and rereading some of my old work, so this would have been I think I started the audiobooks late 2020 and I was writing Seed Me way back in 2014 came out in 2016 so that's a good 4 to 6 years of writing um evolution so looking at my old writing I I actually just couldn't stand it <laughs> oh. so yeah so I was like I could uh I got time with this lockdown so I decided I could I could see where the story could be just improved and better. And I really wanted to clean that up. Um, And it was mostly the narration. The story stayed the same with a few extra scenes that were added. And this new one was to more so tighten it up and make it a little more polished. So that's kind of where the inspiration came for that. And uh, I think it came together pretty well.
0: Yeah, I do too. And honestly, like, I admire that you did that because there is kind of a train of thought out there about redo and I'm all for it. And I admire that you took, cause it's such a great story idea and you, you Thanks. made it what you wanted to make it. And then readers like me who have read both, I mean, I kind of love both and, but it's really cool as another author and as a reader to see that reinvention. So, I mean, yes, my praises for you in doing that because some people might shy away from that and you're just giving us, Um, An example and some um, inspiration to do that, if we ourselves are looking to do that. Now, I need to ask you about this thing that just came out called the horror collection, and I don't have it with me here yet, but um, it is the lost edition by KJK publishing and con you have a story in it it's a collection of stories. Yours is called He. And honestly, the cover is killer. There's a great lineup of authors in here. I definitely need to get this book. So, Con, tell us about your story, He in this collection.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh it is a great collection. Uh, I'm excited to get uh get some print copies too to share with family and friends. It's uh he is, it is it actually um that story came about what did it come about? Yeah, sometimes you end up like writing so much, you you forget what you end up writing, (laughs) and you look back at it like, oh yeah, I wrote that. Um, for good and bad, like the Sydney was I thought was bad, and then for this, I'm like, that's right, I did write he, and it uh, it was kind of I ended up writing that in the midst of um the busy season of December and November when everything's ramping up with like uh, holidays and all that. So I was kind of in work mode, and I think if I recall correctly, I really wanted to explore the concept of cloning and and where I could go with that. And the cool thing with the anthology is it's, um, open-ended, so it's not themed. Um, we knew the title that it was going to be the lost edition. So I was trying to think of, uh, like ancient mystique stuff. So this story, I really tied in some ancient ritual practices with cloning and going more, um, I guess classic horror so it's not really gory it's more about the build-up and and like the tension and the um i guess existential dread of something happening and in this case um there's clones that come about um i won't ruin the story but basically a guy um gets cloned and he runs into himself
0: Wow, I'm really intrigued. And I looked at like the list of authors and I'll I'll provide it in the show notes so people can look that one up. But I I want the print just because the cover looks so cool. And uh yeah, yeah so I think that was gonna go on my shelf. Um, Now, I do want to turn the conversation to something that you're releasing, I believe in June, and you can tell us about this, the Crystal Moth Conspiracy Ashborn Book One. So I just saw you did the cover reveal, and it's amazing. And I believe you said this is coming out in June. So tell us about the Crystal Moth Conspiracy.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Crystal Moth Conspiracy is a is a book um, that as a friend told me I was chasing my white whale and hopefully I caught it. <laughs> so it's an idea I've had for the past 15 or 16 years or something. And for for the longest time, I just knew I didn't have the chops to write it. It combines a lot of different elements of, of writing. Um, so it's got like detective component it's set in modern times but it's got all this dark fantasy component and even a little bit of sci-fi um which involves some of the drug that's kind of like the primary theme of the story and the crystal moth conspiracy is mostly intended to behave as the flagship for all my work within the macrocosm and that that means it's it kind of brings in all the different themes into one so like some uh, tidbits from Seed Me show up in there. So my dark fantasy series Mental Damnation plays a big component in it as kind of like the lore and backstory. And the general premise of Crystal Moth Conspiracy is about this drug called Ash that uh, is running rampant on all the streets and a detective's trying to solve it. But there's also a vigilante type character and she's trying to clear her name and get vengeance from the gang that ruined her life. So they end up sending um a reptilian assassin after her and it it does dive a bit into that whole reptilian humanoid conspiracies and stuff cuz uh you just kind of have to go that route when you're oh, yeah, dealing yeah. with reptilian people and yeah. yeah it's book 1 there'll be book probably 3 i'm expecting and uh yeah that's aiming for june uh, it's probably the longest book i've ever written being i think it's about 145,000 words that's so wow. a beast yeah, yeah. that's yeah. great yeah yeah wow.
0: and... um, no the Kristomoth gang what, am I incorrect to think that was mentioned in one of your other books or it was part sorry it was a fundamental part of the story was that Yegman? Yeah. am I getting that yes. right yes okay so maybe just tell us a little bit about that and why you have brought that forth to further flesh that out now
1: yeah yeah the Yegman is still my personal favorite book um that was a fun experiment that accidentally alienated a lot of my fans at the, at the oh, time. Okay. Um, cause it, it's purely a crime thriller that takes place in the real world. That's gritty and there's no supernatural components. There's no sci-fi components. There's just real people doing bad things. And I got to learn a lot about police procedures and all, all the different things that go into crime. Um, so it was a real turn from everything I've ever done at the time. And it's actually was kind of leading up to be the um kind of like the prequel book to the crystal moth conspiracy. um Cause I, with the crystal moth conspiracy, there was always, I always had the theme and the general idea for that, that, that past like 15 years, but I didn't really have a story. So, so trying to put together a story I wanted to originally it was going to be one of the reptilian people as the protagonist but it was that's a little too little too far out I found as like a a relatable protagonist to really dive into this forgotten world of um legends and myths that used to exist thousands of years in the past so uh the character Lola Cabello ended up being the likely candidate as I was looking through all my old work and I could have made a new character, but the way Yegman ended without spoilers really kind of opened the door for her to become um, a character on the run from the cops. And she's got motive to mm. want to get back at the gang. So it, it tied in nicely. And um, a lot of Yegman's story comes back into the Crystal Moth because it kind of haunts her her memory. Um and yeah you got to read Yagaman to find out why yeah, don't yeah. no realize...
0: and so for me because I read crime and horror I guess I didn't really because I mean a lot of crime to me if you're going into serial killer depths it really is horror and and there's a fine line there so I guess I didn't find it like um so Khan wrote a four book dark fantasy series and was Yagaman maybe like right around right after that or is that why maybe you had you said your readers didn't all follow you or it was a bit of a yeah, yeah. okay yeah
1: it's, uh, I have an issue of switching lanes too much with genre yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do love well, horror I, yeah. yeah and that's kind of the root of everything that I write and especially with over the pandemic shifting to more sales online versus the conventions I've noticed um there's different types of audiences and what they really prefer. And with like the dark fantasy series, um, yeah, they like fantasy. And sometimes you get some bleed overs with horror, which tends to be the root of all my writing. And then I've got the fans of that, uh, that like the horror stuff that I write. So, yeah, with um, I ended up writing Yegman after the third book of the Mental Damnation series. And I wanted to take a break to really kind of think about the, the plot and the story a little bit more and where the final book was going to go. And I, yeah, I wanted to write a crime thriller. So I just kind of yeah. went for it and yeah, that one never quite had the success I was hoping it would, and that's okay. Um, But I think over time people have, that have followed me long enough, see that I tend to jump genres a lot. Um with horror still being the theme or the central core of it because horror is cool in the sense that you can like jump and merge it like you're saying with serial killers it kind of fits in every other genre um if you if you want to dabble with that
0: yeah because i find if you're writing just like a pure crime thriller detective um Unless, like, if it's if it's really dark, serial killer, like Silence of the Lambs, it, it actually needs to be in horror because the the mystery crowd would would be like, oh my gosh, this like what is this? They're expecting <laughs> yeah. something different. But I guess because I found your Yegman crime thriller really dark and gritty, to me it was. Really, more closer to horror, but I see what you're yeah. saying. So you're saying you've noticed there's different audiences online. Um, have you noticed? Do you notice a difference of in-person events and online? Is it different reaching your in-person audiences than it is reaching online?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I found him one of those personalities that don't quite, which is funny as a writer, doesn't quite transcribe as well through text. And with online, you've got a lot of text and you've got some visuals and maybe some video, but that real in-person interaction is completely gone when you're online. And it's uh, it's a different way of gaining people's attention, where in the real life, it's more old school in the sense you've got like a 30-second elevator pitch that you got to grasp someone's attention, especially at a book signing or a convention. You've got them just for a very limited time because there's a lot of stimulants going on at a convention so you gotta hook them right away and that's something i was always good at um i think thanks to my dad who used to be a salesman so i just learned a lot of these old ways of selling and they work at a convention Uh, they're different online so it's a little colder online but you get to reach way more people all around the world. Um, and you end up like getting some people that will sign up for your newsletter and become like hardcore fans and reply back to you with every newsletter. So you have to, you got a, a wider, um, I guess a bigger pool of people with online, but you've got to real narrow down and find your right demographic where a convention or a book signing is a little easier where you can like really upfront clarify what you're going for like um, a horror convention is obviously a good fit so you go there and you'll find the horror fans right away but if you are online and you just start marketing abroad it's essentially just making a bunch of noise um, in the ether instead Mm -hmm. of trying to dig and find like hey maybe I can find a horror magazine or a horror specific uh, news group that certain readers follow that love horror so it's a different way of finding people.
0: Yeah. So you've had to hone what you're saying, like say on your Amazon description and be more clear to pull those people in very quickly and then also those are some good ideas like then look for say you go to horror con here why not look for those audiences like online through a magazine that's a really great tip because I know for me I'm finding my audience at the in-person quite easily well not easily but like I'm getting there but the online thing it I'm feeling that so th- that's a really good idea for our listeners if you are writing and you are trying to find that online audience think about what you're doing in person that's working or where what are where are you going and who there and how do you find them online um now i just want to mention before we get into the deep dive section um con right now if you do go to his website there's a really great three book reader pack so please do that and before we get into the deep dive i do want to ask about your really cute little reading friend spank spank Uh shows up in the newsletter on the social media and tell us a little bit about your furry friend
1: spank oh hi spank (laughs) yeah she uh yeah um she's a cat i got man 2016 was a big year you had Seed me came out um i picked up running outside um my gecko died and then i got a cat and so like all this crazy stuff happened i actually met my uh partner my partner and i became official i believe in 2016 i should remember that um (laughs) (laughs) no it's recorded but anyways yeah so spank the cat came around in 2016 um adopted her from just uh humane society and she's been glued to me ever since um i think she picked me um compared to me picking her because she was Mm -hmm. just as soon as she saw me in the pet store she was the first cat that kind of let me hold her out of all the different cats i saw and when i was getting her supplies throughout the store she was in the play area and she was just this little kitten walking back and forth through the window following me throughout the store while being stuck in the playroom um yeah and she's uh, i work from home too as a as a freelance designer so she just works with me all day um Mm. sits behind me on this chair and yes she's a great little little support
0: I love seeing her in all your posts. So don't worry, everybody. I will definitely provide all the places you can find Khan. And we've had a really great overview of some of his work, his recent work. Look for this new um, work coming out in June. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it has. I'm going to sign off now. An unearthly thank you to Khan for joining me on the podcast today. A hellish thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in. And if you're looking for a community of fellow horror creatives where you can elevate your writing, claw your way over to writersofhorror.org. We would love to have you in our devilish plan.